the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Correspondent Jackie Quinn tells us that a suspect has been taken into custody in San Francisco for allegedly plotting a terrorist attack that was set to coincide with Christmas this year. Everett Jameson attended Marine Basic Recruit Training in 2009. He earned a sharpshooter rifle qualification, but he was discharged for failing to disclose a history of asthma. Court papers say that he referred to his military service in his comments to undercover agents, telling them that he had been trained in combat and things of war. As correspondent Jackie Quinn reporting, that huge wildfire that burned hundreds of homes in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties is now considered the largest in California state history. State fire officials said on Friday the Thomas fire had scorched 273,400 acres or about 427 square miles. This is SRN News. Joe Walsh simplifies elections. Every single election that we've had in this country these past 10 or 11 months since Donald Trump was sworn in, the Democrat vote is way, 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 way up, and the Republican vote is down. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Good afternoon, just after 1 o'clock in the Blue Ox Heating and Air Weather Center. AM 1280, The Patriot is your home for intelligent radio. The Northern Alliance Radio Network with the headliner Mitch Berg is coming up next year on Christmas weekend. Glad to have you with us. Just a reminder from Wicks and Jewelers, two days till Christmas, Wicks and Jewelers in Bloomington has an amazing selection of Swiss watches. They're open today till 6 and tomorrow Christmas Eve, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now a quick look at the forecast. Mostly sunny out there and near 21, 9 degrees for the low tonight. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back to Twin Cities and World. It's the howling winter wind beneath the right wing. The show that says send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red and green. <laughs> the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. This is the closer edition of the, excuse me, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I've only been doing this for, what, six years under, under this format. The, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad Carlson will have his special Christmas broadcast tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And King Banyan will be back every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on her sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. But for right now, it's just you and me and my special Christmas broadcast. A, a broadcast where I kind of want to take a break from this show's usual focus on current events and politics and in, in Minnesota and nationwide and worldwide, quite frankly, and focus on the time of the season we're in right now. And you can't really focus on this time of the season without focusing on the reason the season exists, which really comes down to this passage from the, the Gospel of Luke uh, in the Bible, of course. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place uh, while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So if you're a conservative right there, you can also see, right, right there you can see the first problem. Government is poking its nose into things. I'm being a little facetious here, but only a little. Uh, verse 4, so Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, for, uh, to Judea rather, to Bethlehem, the, uh, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and lineage of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, they came. the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So they're in this situation because the Roman equivalent of the IRS, I should say the Judean equivalent of the IRS, couldn't organize people any better, so they just forced them to get up and move around in the middle of winter. Uh, which, if you've ever been a small business person in Minnesota, sounds perhaps vaguely familiar. I don't know. I, I'm i being facetious. I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, although it's hard to do radio with a tongue in your cheek, if you catch my drift. But it's it, it leads up to, to one of the themes of this Christmas broadcast, which is this. Really, I want to talk about Christmas and and what it means... Well, first of all, to me personally, because I think that's has something to do with why I see Christmas the way I do. I want to talk about what it means to America. I mean, it's obvious what it means to Christians and Christianity, but what it means to this country as a whole is another important uh, another important subject I think we need to talk about. And if you are a conservative, and if you're listening to this station, the odds are probably about 95 out of 100 that you are. I want to talk about what Christmas actually means to you, to us, really, to to those of us who, who maintain a belief in conservative principles at this time of year, at this time in history. And we'll be getting to that over the course of the next uh, almost two hours here right now. So, first of all, I just got to say, I, I have always loved Christmas, and it has always meant a lot to me. Going back to my earliest childhood, I grew up in in rural North Dakota, and so as befits the location, the odds were much, much, much better than even that Christmas was going to be bitterly, bitterly cold. And that's my main memory of Christmas, Uh, usually going over to my grandmother's house in, in Jamestown, which being a traditional Norwegian grandmother, always smelled like uh, every kind of Christmas food you can imagine, especially lefse, the best uh, Christmas dish of all, if you're of Scandinavian descent. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, by gosh, find out. Uh, it, this is the time of year to find lefse. Even store-bought lefse is better than nothing. Uh, my, mom, uh, my, my mom would actually learn the recipe, but my grandmother on my father's side was still the master. Sometimes my... Uh, grandparents on my mother's side would come to town from Bismarck, and then it would be a big party. We all jam into our house. And sometime along about 6 o'clock, when it was pitch blackout, uh, we would make our way down to church, the United Presbyterian Church in Jamestown. And I remember the, the feeling of the, the, the cold air, and it was always unbelievably cold. I mean, I, being from North Dakota, I always joke to Minnesotans about how much colder it is up there. Except it's never really a joke. It really was cold. I mean, the kind of cold where you breathe it in, you can feel the moisture inside your nose freezing up. And I remember that feeling as my dad would park, usually uh, we would park a block or two from church, which always struck me as a little odd because we lived four blocks from the church. Why bother piling in the car, piling back out with my brother and sister? You know the drill. We would pile back out of the car. We would walk to the church. We'd get to the church. They'd hand out the little candles with the little cardboard shields. Back then, by the way, this being in the 1970s and maybe the very early 1980s, the candles were real, actual, honest-to-peat wax candles that they would have ready to go for the, the Christmas service. And it was a candlelight service. And we'd all crowd into the pews because, of course, it's one of the two crowdest, uh, most crowded days of the year at pretty much any Christian uh, denomination. And the, my nose would gradually thaw out, and gradually you'd start to smell. I mean, just the memory of the smell of that candlelight service is one of the most most ingrained memories in my in my young adult life. They say smell brings out memories more than just about any other sense, and and whenever it comes to candlelight services, I'm inclined to believe it. Anyway, we'd wait through the service, and the the minister at the time was. Uh, smart enough to keep it relatively brisk, but yet very much on point. I was blessed to have a brilliant minister as a child, a fellow named Bill King, who passed away in the last year here, uh, as this is recorded. And 
it was odd. He was very far out to the left, and he was completely gobsmacked when he heard that I'd grown up to be a conservative talk show host. Now, sorry, Reverend King. I'm sorry to disappoint you in so many ways, but he was a, a major influence on my life in so many other ways, not politics. You know, life is tough. Wear a helmet. But he kept it brisk, and we'd get to the final part of us, which where the, the ushers would come down the aisles and light the, the candles of the people at the center, and they'd pass the light down, and it would get to me, and I finally got to be old enough to have a candle of my very, very own, and just the smell of all that burning wax in the sanctuary was just one of the most intense memories I have, and that, that feeling of heat, and not just the physical heat, but the warmth I felt as someone who was gradually turning into a believer at this formative stage of my life. And that feeling, I can honestly say, has never left me. And we'll, we'll come back to what people feel or or don't feel about Christmas in a little bit here. But it's just one of those things that, that makes me feel good. And it's a feeling I like to try and pass on to people the best I can. And we'll We'll talk about the years of passing that feeling on to actual other people later on in this broadcast. But the other feeling that came up uh, smelling the, the candle wax, especially when we extinguished the candles, was time to get up, get home, and open the presents. Of course, when you're a kid, that's always uh, the important part. And we would make our way back through the bitter, bitter cold and make our way back home. And, of course, the house was always a little extra warm, partly because Dad liked it that way. And partly because there were a lot of extra people in there. We had grandmas and grandpas, sometimes aunts and uncles, sometimes friends of the family popping by. And it was warm in there. And that up against the, the, the cold outdoors, that always felt really, really good. And just that, that feeling of the cold getting slowly overwhelmed down in my bones by by the warmth. Not only the, the physical warmth from the furnace, but the the actual warmth of the season and the family and the the whole idea with people who love you and care about you is just one of the most powerful memories I have as a child. And that's very important to me. And and I hope it's important to, to, to all of you. It, and I hope you have that or, or at least that you can acquire some portion of that in your life. And I, I say that to qualify what I'm saying about the holiday here, because as we've discovered in recent years in this country, not everyone has the same feeling about the holidays. I mean, for starters, as we are reminded, if you are a Christian who works in a not necessarily Christian workplace or hangs out with people who are not necessarily devout people of the Christian faith, there are other faiths in this society, and all of many of them, not all of them, but many of them share holy days this time of year. Of course, the, the people of the Jewish faith celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, Kwanzaa, of course, is an artificial holiday, but it's a holiday celebrated by people in the community. Uh, the Muslim uh, holiday of Eid takes place not too far from Christmas. It's not really in the season, but sometimes it gets pretty close and sort of falls into the same general time slot. And so you you wind up being a little bit sensitive about it for that reason. But it goes beyond that for some people. There's kind of an ugly backlash against Christmas. And I'm not really talking about the so-called war against Christmas that, that some conservatives, especially Christian conservatives, talk about. I, I believe there is one. I believe it exists. I, I believe there are people out there in our society, in the secular and politically correct uh, realms of our society, who are, in fact, waging something of a war on Christmas. But I think it goes deeper than that, and I think in its own way, it's a lot more troubling than that. I think it's something more pernicious. And I think it's a symptom of a much more pernicious ill in our society than just a war on Christmas with, with Grinches going after Christians and people of other faiths or of no faith whatsoever, quite frankly, who at least take the basic spirit of Christmas seriously, the spirits of of brotherhood, of, of forgiveness, of sharing, of 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 getting along together, even if by all rights you shouldn't. There's a backlash against that, and it's, it's been troubling me lately. And 
when we come back on this broadcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about the backlash, not necessarily the war. Let's just call it the Cold War on Christmas. This is a special Christmas broadcast of the Northern Alliance Radio Network on AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg. I hope you will join me in just a couple minutes here. Now there's a tree in the Grand Hotel. One in the park as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Soon the bells you don't have time to fight the mall crowds or shop at a store where you may not get the attention you need. Listen, you deserve Wixen Jewelers. Wixen's highly trained staff will really take care of you. They'll help you choose the perfect gift, even if you're not sure what that is. When she opens the box from Wixen's, she'll think you shopped for weeks. And you'll remember how easy it really was. Wixen Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindale, Bloomington. Online at wixenjewelers.com. Open today 9 to 6 and tomorrow Christmas Eve 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Message and data rates may apply. Guys. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-11 to 85850. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more competent reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Hello? <laughs> hey, it's me, your cell phone? Yeah, look, we got to talk about something. I'm always happy to assist you with pretty much everything you need, but look, using me to take your corporate headshot, that's where I draw the line. No filter can compare to Jana Noonan Photography for corporate headshots that capture you in your best light. She's seasoned, sought after by top executives, and seriously fun to be around. Jana, N-O-O-N-A-N, photography.com. Goodbye, selfies. Hello, headshots. Oh, the weather said is frightful. But the fire is so delightful and since we've no place to go let it snow let it snow welcome back Twin Cities and World. it's the northern alliance radio network and a christmas special for the northern alliance radio network i'm mitch berg by the way and you can read me Every weekday, almost every weekday, uh, at my blog, shotinthedark.info. I'm also found on the web at True North, which is looktruenorth.com. It's the address. It's the center for center-right political thought in the upper Midwest. So in case this broadcast isn't enough for you, and, and why would it be, <laughs> you can read more of me then. And, of course, I'm heard every Saturday from uh, 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. I, I've been talking about what Christmas means to me. And why I hope it means something good to you. I'm not going to get into the political stuff yet. This is all very personal at this point. But but politics starts with the personal. 
And while I don't want to politicize the holiday, not at all. In fact, that's the last thing I want to do. I do want to push back on some of the things that culture has done to Christmas. Now, I, I told you in the first segment what Christmas means to me. And, and there are people who will scoff and say, ah, you're all sentimental. Yeah, you're right. I am sentimental about Christmas. You're absolutely right. Anyone, and, and I, will, I will be the first to say, I, I had a beaver cleaver childhood. May every child be blessed to have a childhood like I had. I, I make no bounds about the fact that I had as close to a perfect child childhood as a child could have at that point in history, which is not to say it was perfect, but it was darn good, and my parents did their best, and their best was pretty darn good. And my Christmas wish would be that every child alive today could have a childhood like that. Minimal complications, minimal stress, no abuse, uh, no, and yet some expectations and standards you're supposed to keep up to in a sense of, most of all, just a sense of actual family and belonging to something. Okay, so I'm sentimental about Christmas, big whoop. Well, not everyone is. In fact, there is something of a backlash against Christmas going on these days, and there are those who call it a war on Christmas, uh, you know, and, and they, they they bring that up whenever you hear the stories that pop up every year about offices, especially government offices, banning Christmas displays from their office space or ordering Christmas displays taken down from city property, for example, uh, or government-run property. Uh, and it's it seems outrageous. It seems to be the focus of of an excessively anal retentive reading of the Establishment Clause, but then that's why lawyers make the big bucks and you and I don't, unless you're a lawyer, in which case, well, you know. And you've also seen this taken to the opposite extreme. I mean, cities who say, okay, when one party gets to post uh, to, to put up a Christmas display, every faith gets to put up a Christmas display, which means you get a bunch of giggly goths who call themselves a Satanist church putting up a monument to Satan during the holiday season. It, it happens, and it's all very cutesy, giggly fun for a bunch of arrested adolescents. And it's designed to shock people, and it does, and people act like the, the world is going to, to heck in a handbasket. And, and they're right, but perhaps not for the reasons they think they are. There, there's I've been listening to people's reactions to Christmas over recent years, and I've I've noticed, and I've mentioned this on other broadcasts, so if this is all familiar to you, pardon me, but I'm going to mention it again because I think it's important. In addition to the fairly traditional point of view about Christmas that, that people like I and many of you hold to, and including many of the, almost all the hosts on this station, including hosts like Dennis Prager and Michael Medved, who notwithstanding the fact that they're conservative Jews, hold to a very traditional definition of Christmas, not much different than you and I would. While it's not part of their faith tradition, they get it. But there's a lot of people out there, people who should know better, who do not, in fact, get it. And I've boiled it down to a half a dozen categories. And if you've heard these in the past, indulge me. I'll be done with it in a few minutes here. But these half a dozen categories of people who aren't so much waging war on Christmas as sort of giggling at the whole idea of it in the first place or or negating the whole idea of it in the first place or acting like the idea of Christmas is an imposition or just a reason to be depressed about the season and about humanity uh, are, I think, almost a greater danger to what the holiday is supposed to be to you and me than the so-called war on Christmas. I'll explain. The first group is a group that I call the National Public Radio Malaysaholics. And if you don't listen to National Public Radio, good. Keep not listening to it. It's a cesspool of progressive mediocrity. Actually, there's some excellent programming, but you have to grit your teeth and bite your tongue and put up with a lot of overt liberal bias that Honest to Pete doesn't believe that it's liberally biased. Anyway. I digress. Starting around Thanksgiving, if you listen to any of their non-news programming, their produced programming, anything from uh, the the Chris Thiel show to uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me to any of the other, even the cooking show in some cases, uh, Delicious Dish, no, no, what was that called? Uh, 
splendid table. Thank you very much. They'll start, whenever they refer to the, the holidays, to Christmas in particular, they refer to it as some sort of onerous annual chore that involves trekking back to a hometown you forsook decades ago in some cases, years ago, for hipper, more creative surroundings, going back and spending time, <clears throat> excuse me, being forced to spend time with relatives you really don't like that much anymore, that you'd rather not be spending time with anymore if you could possibly avoid it, uh, trying to avoid political discussions, especially with your benighted, decidedly unhip, older, more conservative relatives. Or in recent years, it's taken a new turn because, of course, we've seen the specter on uh, in all liberal media, and national public radio is liberal media, of families theatrically rent asunder by the fact that some members of the family <clears throat> voted Donald Trump. I, I mean, we've seen people, we've seen families torn apart, almost like in the, during the Civil War. We've seen people opt not to talk with each other for this foreseeable future because one party voted differently than the others. Anyway, one way or another, the entire holiday season is seen by the national public radio Malaysaholic as a chore that must be endured or not endured, perhaps self-medicated out of existence. I mean, you, you hear a lot of references to staying drunk through the entire holidays or or to, to finding alternatives to spending time with your family and enduring their company and their presence during the holiday season. And I get it. Not every family gets along. I also get it, being a conservative in St. Paul, that a lot of People on the left side of the aisle don't have much tolerance for dissent. Was it that Dennis Prager says conservatives think liberals are wrong, liberals think conservatives are evil? And you see that in the point of view of the national public radio Malaysaholic. A shorter term for them might be the Christmas Eeyores. If you're familiar with the story of Winnie the Pooh, then you know Eeyore. The donkey that could never get excited or happy about anything. You know the ones I'm talking about. That's the National Public Radio Malaysaholic. The people who, who regard this potentially most wonderful of all seasons, both personally and symbolically, as just some bit of social drudgery they have to endure before they can get to the New Year's party. And that is merely annoying. Uh, also on the annoying side of these six character, uh, characteristic personalities that I have come to vex myself and perhaps some of you over the holiday season is the more PC than thou crowd. I mean, the ones where you say, Merry Christmas, and they'll say, it's not just Christmas, okay? It's also Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whichever other holiday, or Festivus. We'll come back to Festivus in a moment here. And, and and I've run into this before with coworkers who were not of the Christian faith, and to which I said, to which I replied, "It's a general wish of of well-being to someone, whether you share my tradition or not. It's an expression of of brotherhood and camaraderie and love. And of course, they could not have that. No, not good enough. You have to you, your expressions have to meet their standards of acceptability before they will accept it with any sort of good grace at all. As if, for example, and, and Dennis Prager and Michael Medved both say more or less the same thing, as if, if they were to wish me a happy Hanukkah, I would respond, I'm not Jewish? What the heck are you doing? No! What kind of a socially inept buffoon would you have to be to take someone's good wish... Your, your, your expression of well-wishing for you and turn it into an insult, an attack, something worth getting into an argument over? The answer is lots and lots of social ineptitude. And so th I just call those the, the more PC than thou crowd. Oh, and my sp special favorite among the more PC than thou crowd are the ones who have to point out to you that Christmas is actually an appropriation of a pagan holiday. It's really just the solstice, they say. Well, that's the point. Christmas appropriates a pagan holiday in much the same way that Christianity appropriates sinners. That's the point. 
<laughs> I don't dare say that in public these days because it's just an argument waiting to happen. But my patience wears thin at times. We got four more of these categories to go. And then we're going to start talking about what the holiday means to you and me and to this country and to the society and to the conservative movement when we return on this special Christmas broadcast of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Angel all year, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. It's long, over a 1,000 chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the, the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God, one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back to Twin Cities Young World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name, Mitch Berg. You can follow us on hashtag N-A-R-N on Twitter, by the way. It's short for Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Facebook. We're called the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Unsurprisingly, on Facebook, you can definitely follow us there. And, of course, at my blog, shotinthedark.info, I-N-F-O. Uh, it's been going for 15, going on 16 years now, not going anywhere anytime soon. So I've been talking about the cultural challenges that Christmas as a season has, and as an observance and as a, as a cultural institution has been facing in recent years. And I've been through the first two of the six categories I've observed, the National Public Radio uh, Malaysiac and the more PC than now uh, person who corrects you on whether it's Christmas or just the holiday season. You know the type. Now, the next one I'm a little 
I'm a little, I have to step a little lightly about this because I know, I, as I said in the first segment, I'm an incredibly lucky person to have grown up with a, a childhood that I wouldn't trade with anyone in the world. Uh, I mean, would I trade a few things? Would I have been the star of the baseball team? Yeah. But as a general rule, I wouldn't have traded anything. I had a very wonderful childhood, and my associations with the holiday season are just wonderful things to me. Not everyone's as lucky, and I, I'm not insensitive to that. I, I am not by any means uh, aiming this at people who have reasons to perhaps not be completely turning cartwheels down the street happy uh, about the holiday season. I do get it. I understand it. Perhaps more deeply than you might, under, might, might, might know, and I'll explain that in a little bit as well. But the next category does exist. They, I call them the humbug or you can maybe call them Scrooge or the Grinch if you prefer. They all work. They're the person who just finds it expedient and maybe funny, maybe just part of their personality to kind of pour orange juice in people's Wheaties just to be oblique about it when it comes to the holiday season. You say, hey, big plans for the holiday. Oh, I hate the holidays. We all know the type. Uh, we, we've we all worked with people like that. Perhaps we have people like that in our families. Perhaps you are a part of a family that has that as its tradition. I don't know. But it's tiresome, and, it's, and, if, and if it's not born of a genuine trauma, then it's kind of self-indulgent and selfish. As Dennis Prager says, you have a duty to people around you to be happy. And just spreading misery for no good reason other than you feel miserable is kind of an unearned self-indulgence that, that no one ever really deserves. And certainly the people around you never do. And, and so I, I, while I don't say anything about it, unless I happen to know that the person is just being kind of a weenie, uh, the humbug is certainly a, 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 a trying element of modern Christmas. Now, the next one is a little less understandable. I mean, I get that, again, people sometimes have some deep traumas with the holidays. But then there are the people for whom the mention of the holiday is a trigger warning. They hear Merry Christmas. They hear Happy Holidays. And suddenly it is an excuse to pelt you with all the trauma that they associate with the season. Whether that trauma is something that they actually grew up with, something that they actually survived. And I know they are out there. If you grew up in an abusive family with an alcoholic uh, parent or two or more, then it's entirely possible that holidays really were a traumatic thing for you. But there are people out there who, who, who treat the mention, the existence of the holiday season as if it is a threat to them. And, and in the case of people who haven't actually suffered actual threats, actual assaults, actual attacks on their person during the holiday season, or that you can legitimately associate with the holiday season, especially the ones who politicize the holiday season for purposes of, of having that trigger warning to be able to throw in people's faces when the holiday comes up. Well, then it's, it's, uh, th th then it's a self-indulgence. Then it's just basically saying, hey, forget about you. Forget about all about you. Let's make this about me and the trauma that I have assumed. Because there are people who are born into trauma alcoholic parents, mentally ill parents, family problems of all kinds, poverty. And then there are people who go out and find things to be triggered about. I am reminded of a former co-worker who used to uh, get extremely upset uh, ba based on political factors about the, the idea. And she, by the way, this, this person was a, was a fairly militant, committed atheist who saw any mention of the holidays as, a, as an excuse to go out and, and, and run down an accounting of all of the problems that, that this person believed Christianity and that faith in general, but really Christianity, had brought unto the world. And, and this, it, it, it becomes beyond tiresome, 
it becomes a personal challenge in some ways not to lose one's cool. Because, of course, it's easy, if you don't think about it that hard, to pile a lot of the world's sins on top of organized faith, especially, and in the case of today's atheists, solely Christianity. Because you don't see them attacking Islam. And God knows you don't see them attacking Judaism. But they will go after Christianity like a pit bull digging into a pork chop. And that, I will confess, has tried my patience more than once. And I'm sure you know the type. And if you don't, consider yourself, well, the beneficiary of a holiday blessing. May it continue with you forevermore. Category number five of the social challenges to the holiday season I call this person Father Festivus, and and they deliver their attack on the season with kind of a ugly laugh and a grin and a, and a, and a, and a chuckle, kind of like a, the, the school bully who gets the chuckle in by giving you a snuggie, you know, pulling your underwear out from under your pants and, and yanking it up real tight, and then laughing about that. And it's the sort of the cruel laughter that you get. In those sorts of situations. And and it's not always intended to be malicious. And I try not to take it that way. Because the malice comes with category number six. But Father Festivus is, is someone who, who, who would just love to turn the holidays into something else. Something in their image. And it's, it's a takeoff on George Costanza. The character uh, played by Jason Alexander in the old Seinfeld show, who didn't celebrate Christmas. He celebrated Festivus, which is celebrated around an aluminum pole with the airing of grievances and feats of strength. And and it was a tongue-in-cheek made-up holiday that some people have come to actually observe in real life. And they've these people, the people of this ilk, will, will take that frequently a little bit further. For example, I had a coworker at one point who, whenever the... The, the, the subject of the holidays came up and said, you know, since it really is just co-opting a pagan holiday, I want to celebrate a Norse Christmas, make sacrifices to Odin and Thor and to, to Loki. And it's, okay, well, I mean, feel free. It's a free country. First Amendment guarantees you your right to religious expression any way you want to, and I will fight to the death to defend that right for you. But you got the... I, at least, got the distinct impression that this former co-worker was doing this to get a rise out of people who believed in some version of the traditional version of Christmas, meaning the Christian version of Christmas. And, of course, it comes with the inevitable, it's really pagan. Not Like all of us who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, no, it's not anymore. Uh, And... Pagans can feel free to celebrate their solstice, more power to them. Again, free country. Fight to the death to defend it. I will. But just this sort of cute, hip, too cool for school minimalization of of other people's beliefs, which I as a Christian don't partake in on their beliefs. It's apparently okay for them. And that's fine. It's it's, uh, life's tough. You wear a helmet. The last one, however is the one that that bothers me the most. And, and I see more and more of them out there. I, I call them the macro-aggressors because unlike the person who gets triggered, this is a person who responds back to the idea of Christmas with genuine anger. And they, they, they respond to the idea of the traditional notion of Christmas with something that I, will, that I can't call anything but hatred with a, with a clear, honest conscience. Because that's what it is. They they hate something about what Christmas stands for. And maybe any other religious observance, but let's be honest, modern militant atheism is aimed at Christianity, not Judaism, not Islam, not Bud- least of all Buddhism. And that is something we're seeing more and more these days. We're seeing people from the other five categories I listed graduating upward from the starter drugs that they started with to seeing Christmas as a macroaggression, to seeing it as a, as a colonialist way of, of, of oppressing people around uh, them, as a way Christians oppress people around them today. And I, 
I want to respond to that and to really all six of them in this last segment of the hour on my special Christmas broadcast on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We've got another hour to go after this. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you. And don't go anywhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. For many businesses, hiring is tough. You want access to highly qualified candidates fast. And you don't want to sign a long-term contract or pay upfront fees. That's why you need Indeed.com, delivering six times more hires than any other job site, according to independent research. Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to give their first job post premium visibility as a sponsored job. Redeem this offer at Indeed.com slash credit. That's Indeed.com slash credit. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. We all know Minnesota is a great state to live and work in. But what if we're falling behind? At Americans for Prosperity Foundation, we're sharing lessons and reforms from around the country. From tax reform to school funding to corporate welfare that will put Minnesota back on track and ensure everyone gets their chance at the American dream. Check out DoBetterMinnesota.com. Americans for Prosperity Foundation, on at a new time, Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. During the eight-day festival of Hanukkah, it's worthwhile to connect the celebrations to recent controversies surrounding Jerusalem. The joyous holiday celebrates the purification and rededication of Jerusalem's second temple in 164 B.C. But today, the official Palestinian position denies that this temple ever even existed. That absurd notion not only contradicts hundreds of references in both Old and New Testaments, but also goes against incontrovertible historical and archaeological evidence. This unbending extremism undergirds Palestinian insistence that Jewish people have no valid claims to any portion of Jerusalem and their furious reaction to President Trump's recognition of the holy city as Israel's capital. Neither the Trump administration nor the Israeli government rules out the idea that peace negotiations might one day establish a Palestinian capital in some section of Jerusalem. But until Islamic extremists recognize the region's actual history and drop the ridiculous fantasy of temple denial, there can be no progress and no peace. I'm Michael Medved. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. My wish to you a happy, blessed, and meaningful holiday season, whatever holiday you observe. For most of you, it is no doubt the Christian holiday, Christmas. But if you're observing Hanukkah, if you're observing uh, any other faith tradition or just the personal traditions of the season, I hope you have a great one. I truly do. I'm here to defend Christmas, however, not just the religious observance of Christmas, but the social observance of a season that to me, and I think to most of you, is about the birth of Christ and celebrating the the birth of the person a Christian believes is their Lord and Savior, but also the goodness, the innocence, the redemption and rebirth that this brings to the world. 
and, and that we hope as people of faith, of the Christian faith in our case, to bring to the world and, and hope to propagate through the world, ideally by our example. And in response to that, I have mentioned six different classes of people. I call them the new Grinches, the, uh, the, the people who are becoming more numerous over time here and are kind of pecking away at the outskirts of what the holiday means to people, the, 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 the national public radio malaise-aholics, the PC crowd who just can't let Christmas be about Christianity. It's always got to be an equal opportunity thing, which has its merits on some levels, perhaps, and becomes tyrannical on others. The humbug, the person who can't resist inflicting their depression on the season. Now, that's closely related to the national public radio, malaise-aholics, but it's, it's personal, not cultural in their case. Uh, the trigger-warning uh, monger who basically sees this as a, as a, as a, the holidays as a grievance to be combated against them. Father Festivus, the person for whom other people's faith, tradition, beliefs, sentiments are just a big joke to be mocked and, and made fun of. And finally, the, the macro-aggressors, people who, who are aggressively hostile to the idea of Christmas and really to the people who celebrate Christmas. I, I consider it a a symptom of the militant atheism that uh, the particularly militant breed of atheism that has kind of come to the forefront in the last couple of decades. I don't get me wrong. I have, I have friends who are atheists who simply are skeptics or just happen not to believe. I disagree with them. I feel somewhat sorry for them, but they're not necessarily bad people. They're not bad people. There are people, on the other hand, uh, of the Richard Dawkins, uh, Samuel Harris School of Modern Atheism, for whom the war against faith is pretty much exactly that. And I think they are a, a significant chunk of the people I, I call the macro-aggressors, people who, for whom, I, I hate to call it a war on Christmas, but it really is kind of, a, kind of an atheistic intellectual jihad against not just Christmas, but against faith. Anyway, and I, on the one hand, being someone who is not 20-something anymore, uh, as someone who has overcome most of the hormones that used to lead him to start swinging fists uh, when provoked, uh, not that they were ever had that much of a control on me, but every once in a while, you, most of you guys remember what it's like. You suffer some insult that you just can't take anymore. And you at least had the urge to start throwing things. Well, I've overcome all that. And so I'm pretty much okay most of the time letting people be themselves, even if that is a, a, a passive-aggressive, ugly thing. Even if it takes its gratuitous shots at me, my beliefs, my sentiments, my faith, my being in, some, in many respects. I figure it's their problem, not mine. But yet, I think it's worth fighting against that point of view of Christmas for a couple of reasons. For starters, uh, especially for the the malaise-aholics and the humbugs, inflicting misery on other people is just self-indulgent. Dennis Prager puts it well. I may have mentioned this before, when he says there is a duty to be happy. You have a duty not to be miserable around other people because it is a self-indulgence. It is an imposition on other people. And stop it already. I, I also say this because at various points in my life, when I was under a lot of personal and emotional and financial stress uh, and stress that I had to partake in because of various parties around me, I made the resolution to just say... I, I do not want my kids growing up like this. I do not want people around me grow, going through life like this. I am going to be happy for Christmas no matter how hard I have to work at it. And I did. And as Dennis Prager points out in his Happiness Hour, which, by the way, I, I started doing this 10 years before I ever heard of Dennis Prager. But Dennis Prager's right. When you start acting happy, your chances of becoming happy go way up. And that's important. And I think it's important that we at least pass that idea 
along to people, even if they're not willing to adopt the, 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 the feeling of the season, at least give them the idea that it's not okay to dump buttermilk in the Wheaties of those who do. But there's something much deeper than that, I think, and that is something Andrew Breitbart used to say when he was alive, uh, that politics is downstream of culture. And what makes what, what many focus on in our culture myself included, is, is an important thing. It's, it's, culture is the little things. I'll put it that way. There's a saying that liberals are, are fond of saying that, that uh, I think Barack Obama popularized it. Government is the things we do together. And that's not really true. Government is the things we do together because we have to. We pay for police. We pay for a military. We pay for roads and courts and and a lot of other junk we probably don't need but gets forced on us. Anyway, that's a separate argument. Culture is the things we do together because we're human. Government didn't bring us the Beatles. It didn't give us Christmas. It didn't bring us baseball. Those are parts of American or Western culture. It's a certain fact that government didn't bring us Christmas. That's part of Western culture as well. Culture is what we do with other people because we're human. And the idea of having at least a part of the year that we ideally spread through the rest of the year where you treat other people well, you at least try to approach the world with a sense of rebirth and redemption. Even if you're not feeling it, you do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. And maybe thereby start to feel it yourself. That's a part of the culture that's worth defending against the rot that others, the non-believers, the, the afflicted, sadly, the, and the, the willfully afflicted, and those who afflict others would wish upon it. And that's why it's important. That's why I would like to not only to wish you all a Merry Christmas, but to hope you do the same to others around you. Another hour to go on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Christmas special. Go nowhere. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. You have that one go-to club, the one stick in your golf bag that you know will always deliver a solid hit. Just like diamond stud earrings from Wicks and Jewelers. They're an absolute necessity for her. In one easy stop at Wicks and Jewelers, you'll find all sizes and styles of diamond stud earrings. No mall crowds, and you'll park right at the door. Diamond stud earrings from Wixens are a sure thing. Wicks and Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindale, Bloomington. Wixandjewelers.com. Open today, 9 till 6, and tomorrow, Christmas Eve, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Are you sitting in traffic going to or from a job you don't like? Or maybe love your job but don't make enough money to pay the bills. Learn to make a second income trading just like Wall Street at Online Trading Academy. We'll teach you to confidently grow and protect your money so you live life the way you want to and never run out of money in retirement. Register for our free trading and investing class on your cell phone at pound 250. Just say the keyword OTA or register at learnwithota.com. Congratulations! You've won $50 off an individual corporate headshot session with Jan and Noonan Photography just for listening to The Patriot right now. Jan is a seasoned pro, sought after by executives and top companies in the Twin Cities for over 25 years. That's because she knows how to bring out your best side, your personality. To claim your $50 discount on an on-location headshot session, contact Jana, N-O-O-N-A-N, photography.com today and mention AM 1280 The Patriot. When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Pro-Life Across America. 
I started my adventure in the Air Force Reserve as a payload system operator. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration team. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently. It's a very exciting career. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. The most exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a moment. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. This is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Intelligent Radio, Fueled. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.